What's the most important book in the Bible? Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Since all of Scripture is divinely inspired, every book, every word is important. But some parts of the Bible will be particularly relevant to us at different times. And we're certainly in different times. Those times are the end times. And the book that speaks most directly to those of us living at the close of the age is the Revelation. Today, Jim begins a new series that he hopes will make Revelation less confusing and more accessible to us. Tonight, my goal, my passion, my short-term passion is to give you the tools so that you can take the book of the Revelation and answer questions for yourself so it does not intimidate or fear you. There are two reasons why people do not spend time in the book of the Revelation. Two reasons. The first is they're scared to death of what it says, and it is frightening. There are passages in the book of the Revelation. Well, Jesus said, describing the events that are recorded in parts of the book of the Revelation, he said, except those days are shortened, no flesh would survive. Great tribulation, he said, such as has never been in the history of the earth. And that's there. It's there, written in the pages of the book, and it's very clear. And it's frightening. It's intimidating. If you are a believer, you have friends, neighbors, perhaps family, and you fear that they will go through those experiences. And you struggle to find ways to communicate to them the grace of Jesus Christ and his offer of salvation. We use that word being born again and the gospel and salvation. We forget that a major part of that is being delivered by God from the things that are written in the book of Revelation. It's a, it's a spooky book. I mean, you, you see demons in the raw, you meet powerful supernatural beings, and you read things that make your skin crawl. But they're real, and you need to know about them. And you need to be able to answer questions from other people as to what's going on in our world and where this all is taking us. The second reason most people are shy away from the book of the Revelation is because they don't know the Old Testament. Now, my dear friend, about 75 to 85 percent of the events in the book of the Revelation have been anticipated in the Old Testament. God's already said it. God's already revealed it. And if you don't know the Old Testament, and then you come to the New Testament, the book of the Revelation, and the particular aim of the book of the Revelation throws you off. And so it seems mysterious. It seems surrealistic. It seems, on the one hand, pessimistic because all the bad stuff's going to happen. And on the other hand, it seems strange, strange to your ears. I want you to become comfortable with this book. I want you to be grounded in this book. Over the years, I've become impressed that this is the most important book in your Bible, book of the Revelation. I don't think there's another book of the 66 that begins and ends like this one does. Let me show you what I mean. Turn to Revelation chapter 1, please, and look with me, please, at verse 3. Revelation 1, 3. Blessed, blessed, blessed 
is the one who reads, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it. Did you get that? God says you get bonus points for reading, hearing, and keeping the things that are written in this book. I don't think there's another book in the Bible that comes with that invitation. Read me, and God will give you special blessings. Read me, understand me, listen to me. It's critical because events are bearing down on us. The time is near. See that? That's how the book begins. Turn over, please, to chapter 22 and look how it ends. Chapter 22, and look how this book ends. Chapter 22, at verse 11. Let the unrighteous go on in unrighteousness. Let the filthy go on being made filthy. Let the righteous go on in righteousness, and let the holy go on being made holy. That's a strange verse. Do you think about it? Now, let me paraphrase that for you. That's God Almighty saying, look, I've told you all I'm going to tell you. I've given you every advantage in my book, 66 of them. In this book, the book of the Revelation, I've had my last word. If you choose not to get it, there's nothing I can do for you. If you're righteous, this book will encourage that righteousness. It'll give you many motivations, many reasons to continue to pursue righteousness. But if you don't choose righteousness, you've had it. You've had my final word. Isn't that rather spooky? I think it is. Look also in that same chapter at verse 18, chapter 22 and verse 18. I test to everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Yeah, ponder that one. Don't mess with the text. Don't try to make a comic book experience out of it. Don't throw aside words and phrases and parts of the, of the book that you don't feel comfortable with. Don't mess with the text. That's what that's saying. Everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19. And if anyone takes away from the words of this prophetic book, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city written in this book. Is God telling us here that of the 66 books in the Bible, this one has special purpose, special topic, special information, and you don't mess with the text. The text messes with you. You don't add to it, and you don't take away from it without disastrous 
consequences. Now, no other book that I know of in the Bible comes with that kind of warning. A warning in chapter 1 that says, this book is special, you read it, you hear it, you keep it, and there will be added blessing, there will be added goodness, there will be added grace, there'll be added insight. This will be a blessed benediction to your life. And that closes saying, warning, reader, beware. Don't mess with the text. Oh, but I don't like that idea. It's not your idea. <laughs> You're not God. You don't have the right. He's not given you the privilege to dictate to him to run his universe the way that makes you comfortable. Those are bold, strident words, right? Now, I'd like to think that that five minutes has been worth your time being here tonight. This book, Revelation, that there, there is not one person out of a hundred that I talk to, and I'll, I'll ask a question about, what do you think about some passage phrase in the book of Revelation? And look at me and say, oh, I, I've not, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do Revelation. You don't do it? Have you read it? Have you heard the priority, the premium that God puts upon it? So I want you to be into those blessings. I want you to be blessed by the blessing that's promised to those who read, study, and keep this book. And I want you to treat the text with fear and godly caution. God says, don't, don't tamper with the text. Don't add to it. Don't deduct from it. Take it at face value. Now, that's also an encouragement. It also means that, that you don't need to have a degree in seminary. You don't, you don't, you don't need to have a, a special gift from God. You don't need to have 75 years of walking with God. You don't have to know the Greek. You don't have to, you don't have to be 33-degree holiness. Just read it. Just come to it. Just expose yourself to it, and God says, It'll do special things for you. And the one overarching purpose of the book, it's not to prepare you or me for what's coming down the road. That's not the purpose of the book. There's one overarching purpose of the book. Write this down, memorize it, take it with you, never forget it. It is one revelation, one. It's the revelation. Well, look at chapter 1, verse 1, and let the book say for itself. It is not the revelations, plural. It's not many revelations. It is one revelation having many different parts, but the topic, the subject, is singular. It's the revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him. Now, you're talking high and holy here. You're talking about conversations between the Father and the Son before the world began. You're talking about agreements that God the Father and God the Son promises God the Father and God the Son made, which are going to be fulfilled 
in the pages of this book. The book is not created by the devil to show us how bad he's going to treat the world. The book is written by God to show us how he's going to treat the devil because of who he is and what he's done messing up the Father's world. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you can write up there, this is biographical. The whole purpose of the 22 chapters is Jesus. Only Jesus. Always Jesus. Every page points to Jesus. Now there are going to be a variety of pictures of him. A variety of explanations about what he's going to do and how he's going to be involved in fulfilling the great covenant promises that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made with each other before the world began. That's pretty good. Sometimes we think we'd like to sneak into the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation or one of those C CII, whatever they are down in Washington, and we'd like to know all the secret stuff about the nations that the president knows. I personally don't want that. But sometimes we think, we know that the newspapers don't know it, and we know the reporters don't have it all together, and we know that we get bits and pieces, and we just like once in our life to just have it all, everything that's going on in our world, to have it all laid out for us so that we could see and understand what makes this seem sinister and that seem stupid. We'd like to get into the secrets. We'd like to know the truth. Well, these are the secrets of God played out for your review. This is not God versus Satan. This is God fulfilling the covenant promise with his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So anytime you're in the book of the Revelation, you're a little confused, you know what's going on, look for Jesus. Just look for Jesus. Just look for Jesus. He's the topic. He's the one it's all about. All 22 chapters focus on Jesus. My wife and I were changing some things around recently, and I discovered a book that had been given to us way back before my parents died. It's called Grandma's Book of Memories, I think, something like that, or Grandma's Diary. My mother took the time to write page after page after page after page after page of experiences she had as a kid and as she had with me as a kid and my brother, that her family had and that we had together. And they were not people with instant cameras way back then. But mom went through all of her treasured savings and she found all kinds of pictures. All kinds of pictures. We have one of them sitting on uh, the, uh, one, of the, one of the pieces of furniture at home. My granddaughter, who's in kindergarten, I think, I get lost, I pointed the picture out to her, and it's a guy with sunglasses and a shirt that says West Virginia. And I said, called her by name, I said, who do you think that is? And she looked at it and she said, Daddy, meaning her father, my son. I said, no. She looked at it again and she said, uh, Mark, Mark is her cousin, nephew, the son of, anyway, <laughs> she knew Mark, 
But then I said, Mark? I said, no, no. And she looked at it and she said, well, who is it? I said, sweetheart, that's me. And she looked at me and she looked at the picture. No, it isn't. No, 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 it isn't. No, it isn't. Yeah, I said, it is. And I could see her thinking, you're thin. You got lots of hair. Your hair's red. You look young. Yeah, that's what pictures do. And she would not recognize me in the picture. There are pictures in Grandma's diary of me when I was in diapers. Pictures of me and my brother when I broke my arm. Pictures of me back. It's chock full of different pictures. You understand? That's what this book of Revelation is. It's a book of pictures showing Jesus in action in the future days when he is going to become active in redeeming the world back to himself. That's what it is. So always look for Jesus when you're looking in the book of the Revelation. And just to give you a guide, the opening verses give us some clues. Look at it. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants, that's you, that's me, his believers, to show us what must quickly take place. Now he, Jesus, sent and signified it through his angel to his servant John, who testified to God's word and to the testimony about Jesus Christ and all that he saw. That's all saying that what we have here is a heaven design diary that we could call Jesus Act Two. We know about his first act, born in a manger, growing up, miracles, feeding 5,000, rejection, crucifixion. We know, we know all about Act One. That ended in his resurrection and his ascension. Act Two is recorded for us here in pictures. And most of the, that's what the word signify, see that who signified, that's what that word means. It's a, it's a series of signs, signs, that is events that have significance. They tell a story, they illustrate some action. So it's a book of signs in pictures given to us to help us see what Jesus is going to do when he rises from sitting at the right hand of the Father and decides to finish his business with his creation. That's what it is. That's what it is. Now let me show you another verse. Turn over please to chapter 19. Chapter 19. John has been tutored, or is being tutored, by a very special, I think it's an angel in this case. And when we come to the close of this uh, three-chapter um, special investigation led by this angel so that John would understand more deeply some things, come to the end of it. In chapter 19, John says, verse, uh, let's see, that's verse 10. John says, I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow slave with you and your brothers who have the testimony about Jesus. Worship God because the testimony about Jesus 
is the spirit of prophecy. I love what our guest speaker said Sunday morning. He was phenomenally on. He said, I'm not here this morning to encourage you to act like Abraham. Abraham is flawed. I'm here to encourage you to act like Jesus. And I'm here to remind you that what we learned about Abraham back here in this book of Genesis is full of flaws. He was an imperfect man. It's not a picture of the kind of things we are to do to be like Abraham. It's, it's a mirror so that we can look through Abraham's life at Jesus. Because Abraham was seeking to know Jesus. And we can learn some things about Jesus from the life of Abraham. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And he used the illustration that Abraham was like a finger pointing forward in time to the coming of the Messiah who would be born from among the sons of Judah. And Abraham pointed to Jesus, pointed to Jesus. And that's what all the Old Testament does. It points to Jesus. It points to Jesus. And that's what this angel's doing. This angel's saying, John, this is not about me. It's not even about the smoke and ruins of the, of the great empire of Babylon that is destroyed, absolutely destroyed, in an hour. It's not about that. I'm here to encourage you to understand that the whole purpose of prophecy is about Jesus. Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. Your whole Bible, all 66 books, has one clear focus. It's introducing Jesus, anticipating who he will be and what he will be like. It's the story of him coming into the world and becoming flesh like us. His death, burial, resurrection, his ascension. And here in Revelation, we get the rest of the story. The book is all about Jesus. All prophecy is about Jesus. The full title of John's prophecy is The Revelation of Jesus Christ, and that should calibrate all of our thinking about this unique book. When we're confused, Jim says, look for Jesus, because it's all about the Lamb. We're kicking off a new series called With John on the Isle of Patmos, and the initial sermon is Revelation, It's All About Jesus. If you'd like a CD containing both halves of this message, we'll send that to you for a gift of $7 or more. The series will run nine sermons, and you can have the complete CD album for an offering of $34 or more. The members of our Right Start Giving family come from all races and backgrounds. They're even from different parts of the world. What they share is faith and a drive to see the Word of God go out to as many people as possible. They put that passion into action with prayer and financial gifts. Consider joining our fine crew. You'll fit right in. Call us at 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. And visit our website where you'll find a large collection of audio resources. It's rightstartradio.org. You can play radio programs from the site 
or play or download the complete sermons as originally preached by Pastor Jim. And you might want to subscribe to Right Start as a podcast on iTunes. We give you a link to that. You can make a secure donation, too, at rightstartradio.org. rightstartradio.org. And mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Tomorrow, Jim will point out a few of the startling pictures we find in Revelation. Please meet with us again for Wednesday's Right Start. Thank you.